laugh at this next part. In a world of political correctness and cancel culture, two comedians have risen up to prove that with the right angle, anything can be funny. Live from Golden Ox Studios in Cleveland, Ohio, it's Steve Merz and David Horning. This is You Can't Laugh at That. Who writes these? Huh? Who should have this? Welcome to You Can't Laugh at That, where we take topics that are taboo, overused, cliche, um, worn out, whatever, offensive, gay, gay and we uh, <laughs> find angles uh, through which to view it so it's funny. And uh, because anything could be funny, right? Yeah. Including the way we're meeting today. Right. Due to extenuating circumstances, uh, we are no longer able to meet uh, and what you don't see when we're recording this podcast is that we are all lying in a spooning position and uh, speaking to each other's uh, the back of each other's heads. Right. Human centipede, spoonipede. Yep. <laughs> Human spoonipede. Mm. And we can't do that because it's illegal. Virus. Yeah, it's illegal yeah. now. No touching. Mike Pence <laughs> said it's illegal. <laughs> this is his doing. Right. Only he's allowed to do it. <laughs> he's like, if I can't have contact with anyone, no one can. Right. He's like, I got to check with mother first. <laughs> yep. That's what's happening. Don't uh, ever say so, madre. No, he immediately turns off. Right. Because that's he Mexican talk. Yeah, he doesn't speak Mexican. No. Nope. Well, welcome to this episode. This is a bonus episode. Uh, we originally, we... We had to cancel last week's, and we had to cancel this week's. Um, I would like to speak to those two guests in person. I think that's a lot more engaging. So today we are going to talk about bombing, a topic that all comedians uh, have dealt with. And if you haven't, then show us, like, tell us your secret. Also, you're probably not I, that good, so maybe not. Yeah, I've never bombed. Yeah, <laughs> if you never bombed, I don't know, man. That's People that but don't bomb are insecure. They did yeah. a like a like a Zoom chat room open. It wasn't like an open mic, but it was like a stand-up comedy show. But they had everybody on mute, so it felt like I was bombing. Yeah. So you can see people laughing, but you can't hear people laughing. So it was really awkward. That's the worst. You need that feedback because that's a uh, you know that's a back and forth kind of a energy. Yeah. Right. So all the yeah, faces. All the faces look like this. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't think they were laughing, Jeremy. No, I don't think they were. <laughs> yeah, they're all dead now. <laughs> they were all being poisoned. No, but you're right. Like, you, need, you need that back and forth. Like, that, it's the relationship between the comic and the audience that makes stand-up such a special art form. I mean, you can't, like, there's, you don't have that back and forth if you're doing sketch or if you're doing improv or if you're in a play. Like, that would, you know, maybe an audience participation murder mystery, but even then. As I call it, the heckle mystery. You call it what? The heckle mystery. <laughs> Every, yeah, just seeing bombing. I told you, I, I told you, I do bomb. I bomb. Oh, for sure. Um, do you want to tell your, your first bombing story? 
Uh, yes. I'm going to name names. Do it. Whatever. <laughs> Shot fired. <laughs> oh, well, okay. So, well, the first time I ever did comedy would have been June 2012. And then I, I did Euro Gyro. First person to ever see me, Anthony Savat. That was an interesting time. He was like one of like three people that saw me. Everybody was gone. It was easy. But then the second time I did it was like three months later at Redstone. And uh, Ramon was out of town. He usually hosted it. And he, um, he had Jim Twos host it instead. And Jim wasn't too happy about it. I had just seen Jim like uh, record a uh, half hour thing. And, you know, as a new comic, I was, I was a very different person than I am now. I was very upbeat and like kind of like optimist, not optim, you know, just more positive about things and w towards other people about networking. And so I go up to Jim, I'm like, hey, this is not like me nowadays at all. But I'm like, hey, I saw your half hour thing and it was great. I wasn't that enthusiastic, so I wasn't annoying, but he was still kind of just like, whatever. And um, anyways, I do the open mic and I, I bombed like really hard the entire time. I didn't know how to, I didn't have any timing or anything. I, instead of doing the jokes I had done last time, I didn't think they were good enough. So I did a bunch of new jokes that were awful. They didn't have punchlines. And, uh, and then he gets on stage after and he's like, well, jokes are hard to tell. Or he said something like, punchlines are hard. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck? I hate this fucker. And then, uh, okay, you're going to have to cut that out, Jeremy. I'm sorry. Uh, and then uh, it was like, I was just like a different person after that. A, I had a fire under my ass. I was like, fuck this. I'm going to do way better. And then after that, I was just, I'm just not friendly to comics anymore. Like until they, we become friends, you know? But it's just like, it killed my spirit. I was just like, well, fuck this. Uh, I'm not going to be real social to people because they're all assholes. And now I'm just like a fucking a dog that was beaten when I <laughs> talk to people. I'm like, uh, I'm just very pessimistic about interacting with comics. Um, you have to like earn my trust or my respect or well, you know what I mean. So anyway, sorry. Yeah, that's my story. Jeremy, do you have a good bombing story? Oh, and how? Are you a first bomb? Uh, which one do I? I mean, there's so many to choose from. Uh, remember the Steve? Remember the time I was bombing at TikTok Tavern, and I, so I decided to take off all my. Which friends. one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Son of a bitch! <laughs> it's because my show sucks. Don't worry. Anyways, no. go ahead. <laughs> uh, it was one time where I was bombing at TikTok, and I decided, "Fuck these people! I'm getting naked." And uh, <laughs> yeah. I was still like not even referencing that I was taking my clothes off. I just kept doing my set, but slowly but surely taking my clothes off. But I only get five minutes, so I got as far as my shirt off. Uh, there was that time. <laughs> For Christ, sir. My favorite bomb story to tell, which really wasn't even that long ago, was um, I had done a set in uh, Avon, Ohio at that place like the the break wall whatever the fuck it's called i don't even think they're open anymore uh i think i had something to do with that <laughs> oh my God. that's a claim to fame put that shit on your so, resume son yeah <laughs> my comedy is closed down businesses motherfuckers. <laughs> uh so i i show up <laughs> The whole scene, all yeah. comedy is canceled now because of Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually responsible for what's going on right now in the world. <laughs> <clears throat> Epic bomb. 
Uh, so I show up and the guy's like, you're late. And I was like, oh, it's 7.45 and you told me to be here at 7.45. He's like, well, no, I wanted you at 7.30. Uh, show starts at 8. I wanted you here at 7.30. I was like, well, I'm really sorry. I thought I was supposed to be here at 7.45. So he's like, all right, well, we're just going to start the show now anyways. So he gets up and he, this is how he, he warms the crowd up. He goes, uh, uh, we're going to start, we're going to go ahead and start comedy now. Here's your first Here's your first uh, comedian, Jeremy Demery. So no warm up for me at all. And as I'm walking up to the stage, the guy goes, I want 25 minutes out of you. And I was like, I thought he was kidding. So I went, yeah, I'm gonna do my Comedy Central half hour. Don't worry about it. And so I get up and I did about, I don't know, I was probably about 10, eight, eight minutes, eight, nine minutes in. And I am bombing so hard. Like, like, you can hear a pin drop in the room. It was just awful. And it was one of those, like, big, bright rooms. And, you know, it wasn't really set up for comedy at all. Like, you know the scenarios in which, like, comedy works, where it's a dimly lit room, the light's focused on one person, you have properly amplified. Like, there's no TVs on. Like, the TVs were on playing sports. And I'm like, I'm performing for like maybe seven people actually watching comedy. And then the rest is just back of heads watching whatever sports ball was on at the time. And uh, so I'm bombing so hard. And uh, I see the guy kind of like pacing back and forth. Like, so I, you know, since it's a big bright room, my vision's not the greatest. I thought he had given me the light and I just didn't see it. So, you know, I go, all right, you know, I wrap up my joke real quick. You go, all right, everybody, thanks so much for your time. And I go to get off the stage and I hand the, the host the mic. And as soon as I do, he gets on the mic and goes, that was it? And I was like, oh, I thought you gave me the light. And he's like, no, I wanted 25 minutes out of you. And I'm like, I suppose I can get back up and do more. It's like, yeah, I want you to do more. So he made me go back up and do 10 more minutes of bombing. <laughs> <laughs> hey uh. i left i i honestly i i was at first i was pissed and then i was i was uh then i was embarrassed and then like after like almost by the time I, it was like a 25 35 minute drive home by the time i was almost home like i like felt really good about it like oh my god i'm finally a comedian like i experienced my first bomb I got my way through it. I obviously didn't get any laughs for 20 minutes and it was awful, but I, you know, I, I, you know, I really felt like I uh, learned so much from that just one bomb alone. It's really definitely <laughs> defined the, the six months following that for sure. Can we jump this guy? Uh, I don't think he even lives in the state anymore. Yeah, he left right after that show. Dead, honestly. I Did he really? No, I don't know. I have no idea who you're talking about. <laughs> I didn't want to name names, but yeah, I named the place where it's at. But I knew I'm pretty sure they're close, so I'm in no. Yeah, they're never really wants to do detective work. I'm sure <laughs> they're never gonna. Regardless, they're never having me back. Yeah, <laughs> man. Well played. Oh, sports bar without with the music playing and the, the sports ball playing, they're not going to have you back. That's a tragedy. Oh, no. Uh, God. 
I love those shows. Yeah, that's my. I don't favorite. think I ever want to do one ever again unless I drive an hour. But I better know ahead of time. I'm not going to do yeah, the driving. Right. Those yeah, are waste of time. I don't understand why anybody does a show that way. That's like you know, hey, we're going to have a band, but also another band's going to be playing while they're on. Like we're going to leave the music on. So, <laughs> yeah. Why are we competing? That's yeah. Some I mean, so many venues don't know how to do it. But as a comic, like you have to learn how to work with that stuff. Hey, Steve, I love how when there's a bar of people that's not paying attention, you have that one joke. And it <laughs> yeah. kind of like, it, it's funny how every time it gets everybody to like, I mean, you can, I don't know if you want to tell the joke, but. Oh, the voice? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. When people aren't facing me at the bar, I just tell them I feel like I'm on the voice. That way, if they like my jokes, they'll spin around in their chairs. And most of the time they do <laughs> when you do that. Yeah. Yeah, they, you're right. I see it. Like you'll have like one guy go, ah, yeah, ah, yeah. <laughs> That's yes. one where like you can't win the whole audience over at once. You know, I mean, or the people that aren't even there to watch comedy. Like you yeah. can't win everybody over at once. You have to like do one at a time. And it's almost like if they hear other people are having fun, they're going to like be part of it. So I mean, that's, that's why, why I have my I have my lucifer the devil joke where i scream lucifer the devil over and over again the reason why i usually have that joke up front and most of my sets is because it's a good way to draw people in mm -hmm. yeah. yeah same with my last name is horning though yeah that's a good one it's boisterous and it's like it's a, there's a lot of punchlines back together so you know if i can't get you or the breach baby one like if i can't get you in on those <laughs> you know, sometimes you just gotta cut your losses. <laughs> you can't laugh at that. I had a mic shut down once. Yeah, it got canceled like right there forever because I called two hecklers child molesters. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it was a it was a metaphor. I wasn't calling them literal child molesters. I was saying because I was only two months into it, and I was like, "You guys are heckling me. That's like." You guys are like child molesters. It's just too easy. I said something like that, and then no, they didn't get it because they were still heckling. So they just heard child molesters, and they were like, fuck. And they got really freaked out. The one guy who had a fang beard, it was like one of those wrestler beards where like there was fangs cut out into the beard. Uh -huh. He came up to me. His name is Rob. He was a DJ from Lorraine. Uh, anyways, so he just like, he comes up to the stage like, I'm going to kick your ass. And then like, I don't know. It got it. Everything got shut down. The sound guy cut off the sound. The sound guy looked like Big Pussy from The Sopranos, and I I made sure he knew that too. And I was I don't know. He got really fucking angry because he used to tour with Rush. Jeez. Or right, some band like that. It was like I was like, wow, you've really fallen from your hate. Like yeah, brother. They they wrote Working Man after me. They wrote <laughs> that song for me, son. He looked like he ran a gyro stand downtown. Laughing. Was it McCarthy's in the flats? Okay. Oh, yeah, that seems like a real uh, rough venue to get any good stand-up over. I forgot yeah. they even did stand up there. Remember, you guys know Sean Mishak? No. Maybe you do, Jeremy. Okay, he used to run it. He was a musician. It was a, it was a mixed open mic. Uh, those are rough too. The yeah. only person I've ever seen ever do well at a mixed open mic is Yusuf. 
Yusuf Ali. Yeah. That that's when I knew that guy was gonna be he's he really had something special going on for himself because he played it was at the um, the bottle house on the east side and I just so happened to be there hanging out with friends and he went up and did a set and he got laughs at a like no one was really like at first no one was paying attention even to the music and then he got up and did stand up and he did pretty damn well at a mixed open mic and got everyone's attention and everything it was remarkable uh i've never still i have never seen anything like that i had done bottle house a couple times way back in the day yeah that's what like you have to make yourself undeniable like that's how you get the crowd in a a venue where they're not paying attention like you have to make yourself undeniable obviously easier said than done but like if you can really look at your comedy and be like i'm undeniable like if you can do that with honesty, like, I feel like you've, you know, kind of, that's when you know that you're good. Like, if you can survey what you've done, I mean, in some situations, like even the best people, even the best people on top of their games are gonna bomb. It's just part of the game. But yep. I mean, when you can use that word, it's, I don't know, it kind of changes how you view yourself and you carry yourself differently and the audience sees you differently. It's weird. Um, I definitely don't don't think that about myself, <laughs> not in the least. Yet I'm still pretty new at it, but I love watching comics who are like who, when they go up, no matter what the room is, you know they're going to be good. Um, that's always fun to watch. You crossed the line. As far as bombing for me, when I uh, I did I did sketch when I was in New York. I did sketch and improv. Um, so I so the first few open mics I ever did, um, first one I did, I did a bunch of one liners. <laughs> it was a comedy contest. At, uh, at now that's class and I brought note cards on the stage with me and like none of like I got zero laughs for five minutes and my when last you bring thing, note cards to now that's class that was your first mistake well <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was uh it was harrowing because like before I was like oh dude I'm gonna win this contest like I'm so funny like I like every sketch I've ever written has been funny like I'm good like I wasn't going around telling people that but in the back of my head I was like just you wait now that's class just you wait and then I went up and was that the one I was at I'm sure you were there I don't know um like Mike Polk was judging it I forget who else was judging it they had like the judges on a table like at a table on the stage yeah Sam from Hilarities was there yeah, it was probably a good two years before I did stand up in Cleveland again. Um, oh, man. Yeah, no, it definitely was. Because before that, I did a character bit at Booths that like one person laughed at, um, which open mics aren't a good place to do a character. Crazy um, to think we were all at Booths at one time. Sorry, I don't mean yeah. to cut you off. No, I mean, it's it's been a few years. It's crazy to think that it's 2020 now. But, uh, but yeah, that that I got down on myself like big time. I was like, no, I'm not. I guess I'm just not a stand-up comedian. They don't get me. Like you do characters, you're sketch, David. And uh, and then I came up the the milk bit that I did. I actually came up with to be kind of like an intro to like a sketch, a kind of pilot that I was writing. I was going to do a series of sketches that kind of interwove with one another about one topic. And so I wanted to open up like a monologue about milk. And uh, I got that first laugh and I was like, you know what, maybe I'll just do stand up. Like this was, it was great. Like I had, it was just, and that's rare. 
um, going up after not going up for a long time and having a good set. Um, but I watched like the video from that. And even now I look back and I kind of cringe, even though I was getting laughs. I was like, man, hold still, like make, make your movements measure it. Like stop, you know, stop trying to follow a script. You know, I mean, I still look back at even good sets that I've done and I go, man, I've definitely gotten better since then. Like, do you ever find yourself doing that? Yeah. Have you ever pulled up like an old recording and been like, man, I sucked? Oh yeah, I, I mostly the, like voice the voice memos I leave. Like when I go and do stand up, I'll make a voice memo while I'm performing, and like some sometimes listening to that, you're like, oh, this is brutal. Those are the worst to listen to, and like, but it, it definitely has helped redefine how I do stand up because you know listening to those recordings made me realize like, oh, I talk at people not to people and i need to mm. switch that up mm -hmm. yeah so it's 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 so good to learn from <laughs> your mistakes in this it's it's crucial to growing as a comedian yeah yeah i listen i mean i listen back to my sets immediately after i get off stage if i can uh, and I'm, sometimes like as i'm getting off stage i'll know exactly where i need to polish something up um, but uh, basically, I don't know what I've learned is just to be comfortable with the bomb. I look forward to bombing, honestly. I don't want to, I don't want to bomb, but I find ways to be like, all right, well, if I, if I don't do well, then I can just learn to make this joke better based off of the reaction based off of, I mean, I record every set. So, you know, I go back yeah. and listen back to that. I don't know, you know, the better you do, you do, the more you can deal with bombing because um, you start to go, ah, who cares? I usually do well. I don't, I don't care about this bomb. When you, when you bomb more, it just like, it sucks the soul out of you because you feel like there's no like redemption. And it's like, you're not like, oh, I'll just do good tomorrow. It doesn't matter. And it's like, you just, that self-confidence is like where bombing and, you know, you get what I'm saying. Like, the more confidence you have in yourself, the the better you deal with bombing because you just don't care anymore. Yeah. Um, I when I opened for Brett Ernst at Funny Stop a couple months ago, he, I asked him just for like if I if he could give me one bit of advice, and he goes, "Stop giving a fuck. Just yeah. don't give a fuck because even if you do well, there's a comic after you that they're you know they're gonna forget you." Um, and if you do bad, they're still going to forget you. So it doesn't matter. Just go up there with a plan and don't give a fuck. And, you know, just, you know, and, and I did the last, like I had a good weekend there, but there were some lulls in my set where I was trying to add like new punchlines, the old jokes. And, uh, and I couldn't figure out why they weren't landing because they were funny to me. And then the last show I went up. And like, I brought a, a shot of whiskey with me on stage and I was like, I'm drinking on the job. Don't tell anyone. Like, and I, I just threw it caution to the winds and like kept a, a loose framework of the set that I wanted to do. And I just like had a back and forth with the audience and it was great. Like I had some banter, I did some crowd work, which get you on know, that great ad. I'm still working on it, but it went over well. And it was like, holy shit, he's right. Stop giving a fuck, David. So, yeah, I don't know. Whatever that means for you. Too soon. I want to do stand up again. That'll be fun. Yeah.
<laughs> yeah. Thing that like they will, though. the thing the thing I miss most isn't like friends or family. It's stand up. It's talking to complete <laughs> strangers, and I feel so shitty saying that, but it's there's nothing that has like even when I got the opportunity to stand up in that chat room, it was awkward, but man, it felt good to like you know perform your set again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that human interaction, that weird dynamic between a performer and an audience. Yeah. I don't know. Every just imagine how rusty everybody's gonna be. There's gonna be a lot of bombing. Yeah. I or, do like I do like Brett Ernst. Uh I like I like his advice a lot of like not giving a fuck. Like I think I think we get too caught up in uh the preciousness of stand up and how like, you know, this is you're gonna have good days, you're gonna have bad days. And then I, I think that we put too much importance on it being such a good show that we forget the art form of it not being so good sometimes, you know, taking, taking risks. I had a, I had a set uh, not that long ago where I bombed and I was just mad because I bombed on material that I knew was strong and I was there to work on new shit. Uh, And I didn't work on new shit because everyone else before me was bombing. So I was like, well, fuck it. I'm going to go and try and get some laughs and wake up this audience. And even that I bombed on. And then I was pissed that I didn't bomb on new shit. Like if you're going to bomb, bomb on something like taking a risk. If you know you're going to bomb anyways. Yeah. Sometimes bombing comes from sounding too um, repetitive. Like you sound like you've said it a million times. And if you say Mm -hmm. something new, even though you think it's less funny, it'll be funnier to them because they can hear the genuineness in your voice about how you deliver it. Yeah, for sure. You got to fake it if you're going to do old stuff. You got to learn how to fake it. That's like acting, essentially, in a very subtle way. A good way to um, kind of get beyond that, because I mean, I the jokes that I do that that work, like I've been doing for a year and a half, two years. Like I'm over them, but I'm not over the reaction of an audience hearing them for the first time. You know? Yeah. So, that, I mean, if you can shift your focus to that, I mean, that's that's what works for me. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, sometimes another thing that helps is pointing out that you're bombing. Uh, you can only go to that that in your tool belt once per set. Sometimes audiences like when you draw attention to the elephant in the room. Yeah, you have to. They don't like Gee, it. I mean, does that work for you Pretend guys? like you're not bombing. You know, audience hates when they're not being entertained and then you're also not addressing it. Uh, they're like, what the fuck? This guy's an asshole or this guy's an idiot. They're like, you know what I mean? You need to be like, you need to break the tension. Like I, I had to do, I had to, I was uh, headlining at, uh, at um, that, that, that stupid show that Jeff Davis did over in Will, uh, Willoughby or whatever. And it, the porch thing, the torch on the porch. And that was, um, he, uh, yeah, first 20 minutes was just awful for me because I just got, uh, John Bruton had just gone up there, sat down and lectured the audience for 20 minutes. Uh, and then I went up and cause he was just working out some shit. He didn't give a fuck cause yeah. I don't blame him. He was in his situation, but he, so I go up and then for 20 minutes I bomb and like, I had to break the tension cause I had to do another 20 minutes. And then I finally got them laughing. Cause I was like, you guys aren't laughing. This isn't. Why are you not having fun? And I just kept, that wasn't what I said, but I was, that was the subtext of it. And it was like, 
I don't know. They got, I got them laughing. And then the 20, the last 20 minutes were really good because they were like, I was leveling with them. They need that. Dude, I've seen people like exaggerate that they think they're doing well when they're clearly not. And sometimes yeah. the audience really likes that. Um, like, I mean, that's kind of, you're drawing attention to the bomb by talking about how good it's going. Um, oh my or, God. I, I've seen that. I've seen, you know, uh, comics just kind of punching, starting to just punch down on themselves to kind of get the audience to be like, oh yeah, this dude is a piece of shit. Like, he's terrible at it. That's funny. I mean, there are so many different ways to do it. Yeah. I've, uh, I mean, the ego thing, like, you have to get beyond that. Um, what I've done is I will incorporate that in, like, bombing stories into material. So, like, when I'm speaking, uh, when I do the speaking engagement, I will talk about how, basically, like, as a comedian, there's no bad days, there's no bad sets, there's just material for new, for new material. Like, there's always something you can do with it. And um, so I open up my presentation now by like making fun of myself. Um, I used to open my presentation as a character and it was poorly conceived by me. And uh, one presentation, I have a, a dude actually who saw me speak, who booked me to speak at a later event, unbook me <laughs> because it was so bad. And at the time I was like, that was a good presentation. You know, I, people told me I was funny. And, uh, and then in hindsight, it was one of those things where it was like, well, maybe it sucked. Um, and so I do, you know, a whole story about that. And it, and it, it's like one of the biggest laughs in the whole presentation. Like every time I get a big laugh in the presentation, it's usually at the expense of myself. <laughs> you did really funny. great when I saw when I saw you. It's good. Yeah, I have that clip. I don't know. We can play the clip. But that helps. That that's a strategy that helps because people uh, like to be on the same level as you. Like they don't want to. They don't want somebody talking down to them, or talk like you said, Jeremy, talking at them. Yeah, or just being an asshole, but not right. funny. Worst combo. Yeah. Uh, you know, there is a comic. I'm not going to say who it is, but he he goes up and uh, he he he'll do this joke where he's like, he's already done bad for the first two or three minutes, like as usual, and he'll he'll then do this joke where he's like where he's like fuck everybody says if you're funny you get you get laid and he's like well i'm fucking hilarious and i'm not getting any pussy and it's like dude you've been bombing for three minutes why are you trying to sell the idea that you're really funny you're not that's why i still think like, that joke's gonna work for me yeah it's like dude don't you gotta do that joke when you're doing well asshole <laughs> you just sound like a complete prick <laughs> I'm fucking hilarious. No, you're not. You're clearly not hilarious. How the fuck do you think anybody's gonna buy into that joke? Read the room. Yeah, it's a glaring inconsistency that he just doesn't seem to think. Whatever. Do you do you ever? Uh, one thing that that makes me cringe is when a comic who's good looking has material on how they're ugly, and it's like. Yeah. We're not with you on this joke, dude. <laughs> yeah, people just self-awareness is one of the biggest keys to comedy, you know? It's like and I still struggle with it because that's me being hyper aware of my own lack or lack of self-awareness. So it's the self-awareness and then it's working on what you're self-aware about. It's a combo there too. So self-awareness, not giving a fuck, remembering what you're there to do, like remembering the art form, like you said, Jeremy. 
I mean, these these are all great ways to to overcome a bomb or to be ready for it. Yeah, get them to make, you know, get them to feel like you're in the room with them. Like, sometimes comics get up there and they just start talking to people. And it's just like, I, like I said earlier, I was guilty of it. But the moment you can get them to realize that this is a shared experience for not only yourself, but for the audience as well, uh, the better it's, you're going to do in general. Whether they're laughing or not, it's, gonna, it's still going to feel better. People are still going to have a good time. You're not going to ruin a show. You're not going to, is that, oh, that's a big pet peeve of mine. Like, I don't care. I personally, I'm not, I don't really care if a comic does well or not. What it really bothers me is if they ruin the show. If you ruin the show, then you fucked, you fucked it up for everyone else as well. And that's not, that's not a good trait to have as a comedian. You can bomb. Bombing's a part of the process. It does, the bombing doesn't bother me. It's when you shit all over the show is when, and the rest yeah. of the Yeah, don't you, shit on the show, no matter how bad it is. You can, you can roast it, but don't, there's a difference between roasting something and like shitting on it. Right. Yeah. Like, what are your intentions? Are your intentions to make the audience feel better than they were when they got there? Or do, are you just trying to like fulfill some ego-driven, like, well, if I'm not going to get laughs, then nobody is. Like, get out of here with that. Yeah, yeah. it really... You really do need to consider, like, what are your what what are you saying to fill the void of silence that is uh, that is going to contribute to uh, a laughter or a feeling? Those are the things you need to consider, and how and and how you present yourself in that process. Be interesting. If you can be interesting, you don't need any laughs, and everybody's going to love you. That's a way around bombing. You don't you don't have to sit there and fail and be uninteresting and you can just try and be interesting that way if they're not laughing at least they still like you yeah and the show can sh keep going yeah i i saw it a couple of weeks ago i was down in columbus i did a show down there uh, i did a showcase and it was i mean it was going great uh the first couple comics were newer you could tell um and then i went up and crushed it no not really um i had a good set and then the comic after me just destroyed. Like, he was so good. And then the, the second to last comic was uh, somebody that I really respect. That seemed to just, I mean, she's great. But she, was, she wasn't having it uh, this night. She was just like, listen, I'm not going to be funny tonight. Uh, I've got some things I need to get off my chest. And she was, I mean, it was very interesting what she was saying. Like, she was talking about uh, just how men are very superficial. And uh, obviously something had just happened in her life. But the whole audience was hanging on every single word she said she didn't get one laugh the whole time but everybody was there for it um, yeah. it was interesting what she was saying her point of view was very interesting uh, she was like i'm not telling jokes but you know this is what i th and then the closer went up and kind of like made one throwaway throwaway line about that to get the laughs back into the room and did great from there on out boom uh, yeah i mean there's a way to do it you can artfully yep. <laughs> artfully bomb and that moment is a gift like you know what I mean? That is, a, that is an experience you're going to only get that one time in that room. And so what that person did is they, you know, they not only leveled with themselves, but they leveled with the audience. And that, that's, they, in my opinion, people should be thanking them for giving them that amount of honesty in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. I would rather yeah. that. I mean, you, you, have to, you have to set up the audience or if, you're, if you're not planning on 
I'm doing your set. Like you have to set them up. And she did. Yeah. You know what? What one note about uh, consistency? Uh, going back to what we were saying before, it's semi semi related to this. Is where you you have um, if you have like a say you uh, say you go up there and you're telling you 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 got if you're breaking the fourth wall, like most comics break the fourth wall. That's how you communicate with the audience. You're you're not a theatrical player. You're but. If you're really good, you don't have to break the fourth wall. You can completely leave that up, but that's like you have to be really good to not do that, not interact with the audience. So, you know, that's something I wanted to say earlier. But what were we going to say, Jeremy? Uh, I don't remember now. Sorry. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> I had to get that out because it's like – and the, the other thing about ego is is – is like you you have this fine line where you you got to be confident but you can't be a, a complete asshole or you can't be too confident where you're not funny but you're just too, you have this unwarranted confidence from god knows where probably you're sociopathic yeah just, and just because that person didn't get any laughs doesn't doesn't mean they ruined the show for anybody before or after you know they they're still you know they there they made their time but they didn't take anything away from the show itself no so. you really no. set yourself up from the beginning where you're like you set a tone for who you are and it's hard to change your voice and your approach uh from the start because they will see that inconsistency and then there's the seams there and they don't like that because you've broken that uh suspension of disbelief or whatever it is that the audience is playing along you know Right. There's there's an unwritten agreement, mm -hmm. you know, between comedians and an audience. You know, if I'm going to accept your information, your warped point of view, there better be a payoff here. And if there's not a payoff, like you better have a good reason why. It just looks weird if it doesn't work. Yeah. It's like all contrived and I don't know. And then there's the group think of the audience where they're all like a lot less forgiving than they would be in person because they don't have any accountability. They get to be the assholes. Right. They get to be like, fuck you. And it's like, they like that. They, it, Cause that's their redemption. They're like, well, if he's not going to make me laugh, I'm going to, I don't know. And not everybody's like that, obviously, but it happens all the time. It's not like, it's not a thing. It's you feel that energy and they're, they're more assholes when there's a whole room of them than in person. And that's what can make it difficult, for sure. Yeah. You, you, when you watch people stopping paying attention in the middle of your set. That's, yeah. That's like, it's deflating a little bit at a time. Yeah. But, I mean, it happens. You know, it's part of the game. I, I mean, I don't look, like I said, I don't look forward to it. But when it happens, I'm there for it. You know, I just got to be, that presence in the moment is super, super important. You're getting that opportunity to bring it back. Every time you bomb, you're like, I have the opportunity to get them back. And mm -hmm. every once in a while, I do it well nowadays. I couldn't do it when I was younger. But it's still, it comes I still experience. Fail a lot. Yeah, exactly. But For sure. That's it's why worth I, it. That's why I enjoy uh, doing your mic, Steve, because if I can get like one or two laughs at TikTok during a set, like that's where I'm going to focus my attention during a set. I have, mm -hmm. I have a goal when I get there and uh, and by the time I get off stage, like I'll either, I'll have achieved that goal, whether I get any laughs or not. <laughs> like I've, yeah. I've learned something. We've all learned something here today. I love how everyone's so eloquent about 
telling me how my dysfunctional mic works. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding, it's, by the way. I look forward to it. That it's, room, that room's a mic. gym. That room's a gym. It, the yeah, more, put, put, put weights on the back. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So the more you realize that that room's a gym, then the better the better you could utilize that room for your for your to cater to your needs. I mean, your brain has sixty to eighty thousand thoughts per day. What is worth sharing? And then get up and share that. And yeah. it doesn't have to because no one's getting laughs regardless. It does not have to be funny. You need to work out this material. You right? know what amazes me is I've seen comics come in there, uh, like a lot of mics where I've seen, you've seen comics that have been on like Conan or whatever. So you've got two types of comics, or at least two types of comics in those moments. They may not always be like this, but you have like a comic come up and they cannot handle a quiet open mic, even though they're like pros and they've been on TV, but they can't handle a small open mic because they are so used to doing big packed crowds that just feed them laughter so easily, which they are very funny, but it's like, you've got that type of comic and then you've got the other types of comics who've also been on TV, all these accolades, but they're really good with crowds so they can go into a small open mic and make everybody laugh because they know how to do that. I just find it interesting that dichotomy, two kinds of comics, like Rich Voss could go into a small open mic and just kill. I guarantee he could. I don't even have to think about it. Uh, and then you have other comics that are just like, you know, they're not equipped for that. They're not used to it. So they, they sort of aren't worked out in that sense so yeah i've seen i've seen some bombs from uh some great comics i mean working at caroline's you see uh these comics that are now on snl or on you know that are consistently on conan or on this week at the cellar or have specials now um who would get on stage and just not do well in front of people and they handle it differently like Michael Shea, i watched him bomb there was a table of ladies from oklahoma <laughs> right up front and um they were like interrupting him. They were heckling him and, and none of his jokes were landing that always landed. So he just sat, sat down on the stool and had a conversation with them. And the rest of the audience thought it was hilarious. Um, so he leaned into the bomb. Uh, whereas there are some other comics that are like, you know what? I got other shows to do. Like, fuck this. I'm out. Uh, uh, no names, wow. but yeah. Damn. So it's. I'm important. You know, I'm going to leave now. Right. It's the not giving a fuck that's important. And like anytime I don't do well, I think back to that. I was like, did I give too much of a fuck? Yeah. The chances it's are, weird. yeah, I did. I tried to, and I came across as being an authentic. Yeah. It's tough. So yeah. much shit. So People much like shit. to we reduce comedy too much. They're like, there's so much we talk about with comedy. There's so much to it. It's insane. It's like, mm -hmm. it's not simple. It is not simple. There's so many factors. And the process yeah. is just different for everybody. That's the thing. Right. The, all... I just, any new comic that starts coming around, like, especially like all the different people I've been meeting, uh, just doing that East Side show. And, you know, a lot of people ask, like, what, a lot of those, those newer comics were asking me, like, oh, do you have any, which is weird that anybody be asking me of all people for advice. But they're like, all I kept saying was, just keep doing it, and one of two things is going to happen. You're either you're going to get good at what you do, or you're going to quit because there's only so much an individual can take not getting laughs. So yeah, 
you, you either you're gonna sh you're gonna shape up or shape up or ship out <laughs> that and that's up to you you know it sometimes the process takes longer for other people like i think i was i'm a slow learner when it comes to stand up and comedy but uh you know one thing starts when things starts clicking for me i know i'll know when it is and i'll know that like okay now i'm finally hit my stride which i don't i most certainly have not hit that point yet but you know it's it's cool to get the perspective of different like people in different um spots in comedy because so, you know i look at the two of you as you know, I, I look up. I look up to you guys when it comes to comedy, as two two guys who definitely understand their own voice and they really hit their stride of figuring out who they are as individuals up there on a stage. And I don't know if I have reached that point, but I, you know, I'm just going to keep doing it until I find it. You know, you're doing great, though, honestly. Thanks. That's why I brought this up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> compliments. And I love seeing that growth, but I mean, to be honest, like I'm still trying to find that. Um, what I've found helpful is that, I mean, I do go to people for advice. I, I like hearing what works for them. It might not necessarily work for me, um, but as you continue doing it and continue working, uh, that's, I think that's the most important thing is you figure out what works for you. And that's what leads you to kind of find your voice and what you're like really trying to say. You know, I might come off as nonchalant a lot, but trust me, it, it's all about uh, obsessing over stuff. You have to yep. obsess so over much something. Nonchalant. If you want to uh, get good at something, you have to obsess over it, and people are just not willing to put in that effort. That's all. Or that will, or, you know. You just don't like it enough, and that's okay. So if someone quits, it's because they didn't want to do it that It's not they suck. They just didn't want it that badly. It's that simple, I think. I mean, that's part of it, but that's, that's, that's definitely there. And even if you do want it that bad, you're going to get that thought where it's like, wow, that was a terrible set. Do I even want it that bad? Do I even want to put in the work to get better? I mean, especially when you look at comedians that are so good and you follow them and it's like, and you don't do as well, it's easy to get down on yourself. It's like, they've been doing it for 10 years. They've been doing it for eight years, you know, relax and just get on stage tomorrow. You can't laugh at that. If you could summarize what we talked about today into one, uh, one note, one idea, one message, uh, what would it be, Jeremy? Uh, it, it's about the chalant. <laughs> no, it, it just keep just keep doing it. Uh, like I said earlier, if you either two things are going to happen, you're going to get good, or you're going you're going to just stop. And you know, there's no wrong answer really there's really no wrong answer uh i mean that's that's it that's all i got yeah i don't know what to say we talked about so much it's hard to kind of recap but uh you gotta you gotta just do i don't know <laughs> i don't know i i say um you have to give a fuck so much that you are okay with not giving a fuck mm. oh yeah it's a it's a balance yeah you have to care uh about certain parts of it but then not care about it going well because it could just go badly yeah so it <laughs> love yeah, it's the, a... love the process learn to love the process i i, I a couple of months ago i was at the comedy store and i met jeff ross 
And one thing I took away from that guy was, for one, for as long as he's been in comedy, he's not jaded at all about bombing or the process or comedy in general. It, it was remarkable that he's not, because, you know, they, he's just not a jaded individual when it comes to stand-up. And he seemed like he really loved the process of comedy. Like he, he loves the ups and the downs and the lefts and the rights, anything that, you know, all the different things you experience just doing stand-up in general. He, he seemed like when I talked to him, he, he romanticizes that, the process of getting to where he is, you know, and it's cool. To he's see great. Stuff. Yeah. He's, it, I was really floored by his, not only his approachability, but his, his love for the craft of stand-up comedy. Uh, yeah. and, and the process of getting good. Did you see the crowd work he did at that women's prison? No. Oh, so good. He's such a master of just crowd work. So really friendly guy. Is really it seems like he would be. It's really nice. Yeah, that's yeah, that's definitely look look at look to the masters and realize that every single joke that they're doing that you see them do that's killing probably bombed at some point. It may, yep. Maybe the, the big punchline worked, or maybe one or two of the punchlines worked, but the whole joke as a whole didn't come together overnight. You know, some jokes take years to put together. Uh, some yeah. jokes are just missing one ingredient that that a couple of years down the road you come up with it and finally and bring that joke back and it finally works. Like, there's no, I would say, don't throw it away. Uh, stop, stop giving a fuck about the result, and uh, like you said, just enjoy that process. This will sound kind of self-evident, but this is a good note. It's uh, perfectionism is like the engine of progress and learning. That's the only way you'll get better is if you're not happy with anything you've ever done. That's the artist's like dilemma. Yeah. So, and you'll never yeah. love anything you ever do, but other people will, and that's that's who you're doing it for. You keep thinking you're doing it for yourself, but you're not. You're doing it for the consumer, not even though you kind of like comedy you want it but when you see how the sausage is made you don't like it anymore and you've realized that you don't do things for yourself anymore when you kind of wanted to do it also for your self-gratification which you're not getting any of it so you got to live with that yeah the, those comics who are doing it for that self-gratification are the ones that end up quitting yeah it might take some longer than others but yeah, that's why feedback's happens. important because if you get good feedback from people then you're like oh all right, that's kind of like the the proxy satisfaction I'm getting is from other people's satisfaction. Mm -hmm. So, cool guys, I'm looking forward to to getting back on stage. Um, through this quarantine, definitely, uh, there's a lot of good specials that are dropping. Bert Kreischer has one on Netflix. Tom Segura has just dropped. I watched that last night. There's some. Uh, we can honestly next time we do this we can go into a couple of those specials and yeah like take some notes on on some of the topics that are a little bit touchy uh because he has a whole bit uh tom segura on people writing him letters about material that's offended them and it's 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 great um so i mean we can go into to stuff like that and just kind of break down how those comics make these topics funny uh, rather than just having like a whole episode centered on yeah. one topic, at least during this quarantine. So yeah, let's touch on Marin too. Yeah, I, I, I watch think his, his newest. Oh, I love him now. Like I, yeah. I've always liked him, but I saw his new special, and I'm just like, I really like his style. 
Oh, sure, yeah. Marin's my guy. Uh, oh, he's great. Especially when I first started out, I, to a fault, was trying so hard to do <laughs> Marin. He was like, and then I like realized like I am not that person, and nor should I be. I I couldn't do, I couldn't do that on, on a lot a larger scale. But yeah, I love Marin's like one of my favorites. It's good you came to that conclusion. Some people try too hard to be someone who they're not, and it's like you can appreciate that. And you never know. I mean, do what be as authentic and as specific to yourself as you can, and you will sound like Marin in your own way. Yep. So yep. that's that's a good thing. Yep. Draw do. as many influences as you can. Like you're yeah. a combination of so many other voices. Uh, I mean, that's why I did my first couple open mics. I did like Mitch Hedberg, <laughs> the one-liner style, and it's just. <laughs> There's a reason I don't do it anymore. I'm I'm so much better going on rants. Yeah. But um, cool. Anything else uh, you guys want to add? I'm okay. Yeah, I'm good. I don't want to. I don't want to keep ranting. <laughs> yeah. It's good, man. It, it's it's all been useful shit. Um, yeah. So if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, share it with your friends. Uh, share it with people who are thinking about doing comedy. Um, I don't know, maybe people who have been doing comedy can listen to this and maybe uh, real, I don't know, learn something. That's why we're doing this. Jeremy, edit our social media handles underneath our names, or underneath yeah. our, our faces, if you want. And then... I'll try. Like yeah. me. Like you me. Please like me. <laughs> right? Next, yeah. next time we know to add that into the little, little area here. Yeah. Like me. Subscribe yeah. to me. Follow me. <laughs> and <so> cut <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's it we're done yep all right all right guys nice seeing uh, you guys yeah sure. good to see you too you can laugh at that i mean cheers everybody thanks for listening Bye. thanks for watching right. thanks for talking to me if you'd like to weigh in on today's topic follow us on twitter at you can't laugh pod or like us on Facebook if you can't laugh at that and tell us how you did laugh at today's topic or how you didn't. This is all about the conversation, is what I'm saying. All right. Bye. <laughs>